church, how you doing? You doing good? Happy, happy, happy new year, really. From the bottom of my heart, I believe this will be an awesome year. Uh, for Christmas, uh, my, my boy, one of my boys, he's 20 years old, he wrote me a card. And that's not normal for a teenager. Because usually they send me a text message, but they wrote me a card and said, Daddy, we believe this year will be more more of Jesus, more of opportunities, and more miracles, and more, more power of God. And I was super happy about that letter because I believe this is a more year. That's good, right? More is always better. Because my name is bigger, bigger the better. We start a brand new series about free at last, and I want to share a little bit from my heart because a year ago, I did that series with my whole staff in ICF Zurich, with all the pastors in our movement, and we sat together and we used Elijah, Jezebel, and Abe, and some other people in the Bible, we studied them, and all of them, they had some issues in their journey with God, and we used those people as a mirror for our own journey. And I tell you, we studied those people and we asked the question, is there a Jezebel spirit in you? Is there an Elijah spirit in you? Is there an Ahab spirit in you? And we were quite honest and we prayed with each other and we, there was a lot of tears and crying and weeping and shouting and screaming to God. And it was for me a pretty awesome year just to see that our leaders are more free. They're becoming more like Jesus Christ. It took me a year. Because I said, first I want to do this with my leaders and then I will preach that messages with the whole entire church because it's a very, very sensitive topic. And I want, to, I want to invite you, open your heart as much as possible and have the longing in your heart to live a free life with Christ. More Christ in you and a little bit less of me. And I start with the title, Why Do I Keep on Losing my passion. Have you ever asked yourself the question, why I lose often my passion for God? And I, I studied and I asked the question, why we lose passion? And one of the passion killers in our life is fear. Fear is killing every passion that God has put or lay inside of, of us. And I don't know, I don't know what, in which area you are afraid of. Maybe you have some areas you are super afraid. Of course, certain areas we should be afraid a little bit, but we aren't. And here is one example. Some month ago, I was invited for ski jumping. Ski jumping, it's not a normal thing. It's not like grocery store, grocery. It's dangerous. And I Googled and I saw some jumps. And this was my introduction in jumping. Just watch. Just like I said. And when I say hold yourself, I want all of you get ready to stop. When I say stop, don't move. And when I say get it, I want all of y'all to go. Hold it now. Hold it now. Yeah, when I announced the church I will ski jumping, the whole church started to pray like crazy, I tell you. But the cool thing is, um, I did it and I never fell down. And here is the clip of my ski jumping. I used it for the second time because this is such an awesome thing. I filmed everything you can see on my helm all over because I used this as an illustration. Yeah, it's really crazy. I mean, my heart is beating super fast. 
This is uh, the biggest jump, but I will not uh, jump from here. I will jump with a small one, but even a small one is not small. It's also for me gigantic, but my heart is beating super fast. There's no turning back anymore now. A jump. Ready, Stefan? It felt like 50 meters. It's only 14. Come on! <laughs> You cannot imagine, I mean, five seconds before, I felt like dying, it's too much, too fast, and now I did it. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, come on. I'm, I'm not sure if, if this is a good thing, a smart thing. If you have kids, please don't challenge them to do it. It's really dangerous. No, it's not. Um, there's another thing uh, I was afraid a little bit in my life before we speak about fear because uh, every two months I'm going to my hairdresser and the hairdresser always they saying to me, you, do you know here in the back you're losing some hairs? And, uh, and I googled and I just did Photoshop and I asked myself the question, how will I look without hair? I mean, let's be honest, Bruce Willis is super close. With hair, with hair, I look like Kiefer Sutherland. Without hair, Bruce Willis, I have two options. I belong to those people I can afford, having no uh, hairs anymore, uh, looking like uh, Kiefer Sutherland. And my question is right now, what is your fear in your life? It can be a small fear, it can be a big fear, but the Bible says in 2 Timothy verse, uh, chapter 1, verse 7, for God had not given us the spirit of fear. And the fear is a spirit. Fear is not emotion. Fear is a spirit. But the power and the love and of a sound of mind. The Bible is clear. Fear is a spirit. And here's the weird thing. Often we're facing a small thing, a big thing. And all of a sudden we have the spirit of fear. And fear has the determine we are stuck we are paralyzed all of a sudden we feel I cannot move anymore I've never saw people that are afraid who are passionate it's not it's not going together people are on, on fire they're not led by fear and I google in the bible the opposite of fear and please write it down the opposite of fear is passion when you google in the bible the word passion is used as the word enthusiasm. Means I am filled with God. And I like that word. Enthusiasm means I am filled with God. Either I'm filled with God or I'm filled with fear. Either or. Let's go to the Elijah in the Old Testament. He was a super cool prophet. And I want to use him as a mirror for our own journey. And the next 22 minutes, we're going really deep. We're going really deep. I want to ask you four profound questions. Please check yourself, your own life. Because Elijah is a help for us to check our lives. Elijah was in a battle against, against 450 Baal's priests. 
And they built two altar and they were saying, let's have a challenge. That God who comes down with fire is the real God. And uh, the 450 Baal's priests, they believed that their God is the right God. And the word Baal means in the New Testament, Belzebub. And Belzebub stands for the devil. Elijah is actually fighting against 450 satanistic priests. This was the battle because we are in a spiritual warfare. We are in a battle. It's not just human being. It's demons around us. They built two altars. And then the Baal's priests start to pray like crazy. And Elijah, he put even some water on the altar. Say, guys, let's relax. For if God, my God, God Jehovah, he's a strong God. If he performs a miracle, then let's go really hard. And all of a sudden, fire comes down from heaven and everybody could see the God, it's the real God. In the end, the whole altar was empty. It was burnt away, everything. This was a moment, just think for a moment. In, in things of a spiritual warfare, everyone saw it, that Yahweh, Jehovah, is the real God. It was a drought for more than three years and after that miracle, it started to rain. Why I'm telling you that story? Because we believe often, I believe this for myself as well, if we see a big, gigantic miracle in my life, I will never doubt again. I will be strong forever and ever. I never doubt. I never struggle with fear anymore. Oh, Elijah gets a text message who says, it's me, Jezebel, Upsala. You're saying to me, yeah, it's just Jezebel, but you have to understand the word Jezebel, the meaning behind that. Jezebel's father was the highest Baal priest. His name was Et Baal. And I told you, Et Baal, Baal is in the New Testament, Belzebub, and Belzebub stands for the devil. And here's the point, every time in your life, when you see miracles happen in your life, the devil is not happy. The devil is always, may the God punish me severely if I do get even with you for what you did to the prophets? Oops. Oh, tomorrow at this time, you will be a dead man. And he say, hey, Elijah, what's the problem? You killed 450 satanistic priests. What is the problem with Jezebel? He could write down hashtag Jesus or lol in the name of Jesus. And Elijah got that text message. Fear set in. All of a sudden, he ran away, he isolated himself, he sat down, and he said some hours after he saw the miracles of God, he said, oh, where is God? Where is God's favor? I'm not good, I'm not smart, I'm not strong, I'm not anointed. Oh God, kill me. Hey, pause for a moment. That's not logical what happened 
The Bible says we are not fighting against human beings. We are fighting against blood and flesh in the unseen world. Demons are all over around us and they have only one goal, to kill us, to punish us. We get isolated, running away from the calling that God has given us. And this happens in the life of Elijah. And here were four things happening in his life. First of all, Elijah starts to walk. He walked away. And fear drops in. In verse King 19, verse 3, Elijah was afraid and fled for his life. He went to Beersheba, a town in Judah. Pause for a moment. Hours before, fire, rain, miracle. God is the real God. And some hours later, what happened? He allowed the spirit of fear to sneak in his soul, in his mind, and in his heart. And then you are done forever. I want to give you four fear reasons who knocks all the time in our own door. The fear number one is God is not working and I start to unbelieve. God is not working and I start to doubt. I, I start unbelief in my own journey. Five years ago, I preached for, my, for the very first time in, in America in Dallas on a huge conference. And here's a picture of the C3 conference by Ed Young. It was February, five years ago. And when, 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 we, when, we, when you look at myself a little bit closer, you can see something. I sweat like crazy. I sweat like crazy. I was so nervous because I thought that time... God cannot use me. My English is so bad, even with the Holy Spirit, there's no way. And I start to doubt. And there's always sometimes, even in your own life, you have seen breakthroughs, you have seen miracles, and all of a sudden there is one challenge and you start to sweat like crazy and you believe God is not here anymore. The second fear was, I am not enough in purity. I am not enough. There was a reason why I sweat like crazy. Maybe say, Pastor Leo, what's your problem? I, I, I had a problem. Because at that conference, there were four gigantic preachers. Are you ready? The first preacher who preached at the same conference was Stephen Furtick. It's only 1.6 million followers. This is quite a lot. Then there was Carl Lenz as well in the first row. He had 616,000 followers on Instagram. Judas Smith, 593,000 followers. And Ed Young, 37,000.7 followers. If you're older than 30 years old, you don't understand that, that part of the message. <laughs> because followers means nothing for you. If you're 18, followers means you love me. I am important. And I have only 17,000 followers on Instagram. Do you understand the message? God put me on the stage, I started to sweat like crazy, and then I felt like super small. And this is how the devil operates. Even though God gave me a huge stage, but the devil know my weaknesses. The fear number three, I'm not good enough. Performance driven thinking. The fear number four, what people think, the fear of people. 
And that's a big fear in Switzerland. We always think what people think because people think they think the whole day they just think. <laughs> in America, it's the same. It's all over the world. People think what they think. And I don't know what, in which area you are faced, facing your own fear. But fear is not a feeling. Fear, listen to me, it's a spirit. The spirit of fear. I, he knocks on my door. And if I open that door, fear comes in. That means the spirit of fear starts to live inside of me. Elijah moves on, on his journey. He walks and walks and walks. He faced fear. Then the second challenge was isolation. After fear comes isolation. In King 19, verse 3 to 4, he left his servant there. And in his Bible text here, you can learn a lesson. He left his servant. In a season of fear, in a season of a challenge, you never leave your small group beside you never leave your Bible beside. You never leave the Holy Spirit beside. You never leave the church beside. You don't do that. Then he went on along into the wilderness, traveling all day. And he started to have a self-pity party. Have you ever had a self-pity party? A self-pity party? Oh me, it's me, it's me, it's me. Oh me, it's me, it's me, it's me. When Elijah was alone, there's a difference between seeking the Lord alone and isolation. Seeking God alone means I going to a place in prayer, in worship, fasting. But isolation means I drift a little bit from the most important people I have in my life. Elijah was saying, oh God, I am the only prophet in the whole entire country. God said, no, you're not alone. There are 100 other prophets. Oh, okay, in the 100, I am alone. God said, no, you are not. He started a self-pity party. And that's a very dangerous thing. I love uh, the animal word, and we can learn from the animal how the devil attacks you and me. Because the Bible says the devil is like a lion or even like a snake. And I was in South Africa and I saw a lot of zebras. Zebras, um, they are so beautiful. And a guy said to me, zebras are horses in a pyjama. There are horses in a pyjama. You know, when a, a zebra group is together, connected as a huddle, if you are in a small group, you are in a church, you are a huddle. No lion will ever attack zebras. You know why? A zebra has a half, and they can kick with the half, boom, and are able to kill a lion. Do you know that? Zebra with the kick, they kill a lion, and a lion will never attack a group of zebras. The devil will never attack a church. The devil will never attack your small group. The devil, if you are your wife and yourself, you pray together, he will never attack you because you're two. You can kick the devil out of your life. But how does a lion kill a zebra, a horse in a pajama? There's in every group, in every church, in every small group, there is only one zebra, one Christian 
who separates a little bit like Elijah. He left the servant. He left the group there and he's drifted a little bit alone. And a line comes between the group and the lonely guy, drifts the whole thing and he attacks the zebra and kills the zebra. And this is a picture how the devil operates in your life. When you're facing fear in your life, the spirit of fear sneaks in. Don't isolate your life. Don't go away from your small group. Don't go away from church. Often people are saying to me, hey, I'm a Christian for more than 20 years. I don't, I don't attend church anymore. I don't need church. I know everything, me and my Jesus. That means you are a flipping lonely zebra. This is what you're saying. This is a stupid sentence. Of course, I have to be independent, my, my relationship with Christ. But in the end of the day, we have to understand the power of a church, the power of a small group, the power, power of a prayer together. Then Elijah goes on in his journey. Walks and walks. Fear, isolation. And all of a sudden, resignation Resignation is a very weird thing. In 1 King 19 verse 4, he sat down under a solitary broom tree and prayed that he might die. I have enough, Lord. He said, take my life for I'm not better than my ancestors who already died. Flipping, flip, what's going on? Some hours before, fire, miracle, rain. God is the only one. He killed 450 people. One flipping text message. Oh God, kill me. I want to die. I'm not good. I'm not blessed. I'm not anointed. He starts to doubt because the devil, the spirit of fear was so much already in him. I give you some other four people, just four in the Bible. I don't want to be too negative, but sometimes you have to preach about things that nobody preaches. Moses said, I am alone. Job said, why am I not dead? And Jeremiah said, cursed be the day of my birth. Jonah said, better dead than alive. Have you ever felt that moment where you feel, you sense a little bit depressed? You lost your energy, your passion, your drive, the joy, the peace, and you feel so small and not important anymore. And here's the good news in that story. Every time when we feel bottom rock, God sends some angels. Have you ever thought why there are angels? God has created angels to serve you and me. In 1 King 19, verse 5 to 7, Then he lay down and slept under the broom tree. But as he was sleeping, an angel touched him and told him, Get up and eat. He looked around and there besides his head was some bread baked on a hot stone on a jar of water. So he ate and drank and laid down again. Why he laid down again? Then the angel of the Lord came again and touched him and said, get up and eat some more or the journey ahead will be too much for you. 
Whenever you feel a season in your life where you're not feeling strong, you feel depressed, the fear has knocked already in you. Please learn this lesson. You know, winter season means it's cold. In a winter season, we need a blanket. And that is a good illustration. When I feel down, depressed, I have to cover myself with the blanket of God. I put on some Christian music. Lifts me up whenever I I said, spirit of fear, spirit of depression, spirit of feeling low, you are not welcome anymore. I'm not filled with fear. I am filled with the presence of the Holy Spirit. God is the same yesterday, forever and ever. And God has not changed and God will not change. The Holy Spirit lives in me. He is stronger. He is stronger than the world. He is stronger than the devil. He is stronger than Jezebel. He is stronger than any circumstance. And I cover myself with the goodness of Jesus. This is so important. Either I cover myself with the truth of God or I am dead. In Isaiah chapter 61 verse 3, and I like this Bible verse, to all who mourn in Israel, to all who mourn in Switzerland, to all who mourn in Zurich, he will give a crown of beauty for ashes, a joyous blessing instead of a mourning, festive praise instead of a despair. I believe I am covered and filled with the anointing of God. If you are tired, don't be isolated, don't, don't resignate. Position yourself in prayer, in worship to our God in heaven. If you don't do that, let's learn what happens in the life of Elijah. He moves on in his journey. There was fear, isolation, resignation, and all of a sudden, he felt empty. Emptiness means a turn off the worship music. Emptiness is that moment you take the blanket of God away. This is emptiness. I chose to live in a self-pity This is the position that the devil is longing. You're not filled with God anymore. You want to die. You want to quit. You want to run away. You want to give up. You're done. God, kill me. I am done. In closing, I want to ask you the question. Where do I have the lighter symptoms in my life? I know it's a little bit um, a very uh, negative message. It's not like, hallelujah, praise the Lord. Come on, you can do it. Sometimes we have to face, look in our mirror. My question is, is there fear in your life? Has the spirit of fear already sneaked in your soul? 
Is, is isolation a part in you? Or is there any area in your life you have resignated, you have given up? Maybe for in, in the healing area you prayed for so many times for a breakthrough, for a healing and nothing happened. And it could be that in one area you have given up, you quit. You do not believe anymore that God can turn that around. Or you feel like empty. This morning I met a lot of people that came up to me and said, Pastor Leo, I know the word emptiness. The last year I felt empty. I felt depressed. I never felt like connected with God anymore. And I can relate with Elijah. What is the good news in that message? There is always a good news. And I want to close with the good news in 1 King 19, verse 9 and 11. There he came to a cave where he spent the night. But the Lord said to him, Where are you doing here? What are you doing here, Elijah? Go out and stand before me on the mountain, the Lord told him. There is always a moment in our journey, we are depressed, we are isolated, we have resignated, we have fear. God says, come out of your cave. Get up. Get up. I want to bless you. I want to walk beside you. I want to bless you. When we did all the messages with our pastors, there were many pastors in their hearts. They quit already. They were preaching, teaching, but inside they were they quit already. A lot of people, you quit some areas. Maybe you quit your relationship, even your marriage. You're still married, but inside you quit already. And I always believe the cave can be for everyone something different. But the challenge of God is get up. Come out of your cave. It's a new year. It's a new beginning. There are new opportunities. The best days are not behind you guys. The best days are in front of me. And I believe that God is always more. There is always more. More anointing, more power, more blessings, more breakthrough, more healings, more decisions. I believe that from a bottom of heart. As long we are not stick in the cave in our self-pity party. And my challenge is in the beginning of the year, it's the cross and I love the symbol of a cross. Out of every minus, God can turn into a plus. For God Almighty is nothing, is impossible. And I believe, I want to start this year in saying, get out of your cave. Get out of your cave. Start to kick out the spirit of fear in your life. Because fear, it's not our friend. Fear is not giving from God. It's from the devil. Can you ask you to do a favor? Can we get up for a moment? From the front to the left. Back and forth. Let's close our eyes for a moment. Maybe you're here. You have never given your life to Jesus Christ. Or along your journey, you lost somehow the connection with Jesus. Or it could be that in some areas, it's so hard for you to trust God again. Before I want to pray with the whole church, I want to give those people right now the opportunity that Jesus Christ becomes your Lord and Savior. If you sense in your heart for the very first time or to make a recommitment, wherever you stand, Wherever you are, 
then please pray with me this prayer. Say, dear Jesus, thank you for my life. I have failed and sinned. I want to ask you for forgiveness. I make you as my Lord and Savior. My life belongs to you. Lead me and guide me. Bless me and protect me. I am yours forever. If you have prayed this prayer, you belong to the family of God. Your sins are forgiven. Welcome home. And while the whole church is standing, I don't know what is your cave. I don't know what is your situation. But Father God, we are not led by fear. We are not led by circumstances. And I'm so sorry that I allowed the spirit of fear to sneak in me. And I will not isolate myself anymore from the church and from a small group. And I will be not resignated. I believe one word from your mouth is enough to clean me, to heal me, to cover me, to protect me. And you see my emptiness. And I want to change that emptiness for the Holy Spirit. Fill me from the bottom top down with the Spirit of God. While we're standing right now in front of the presence of God, let God move beside us. If God is passing you right now, this is a sign God blesses me. He covers me. He knows my journey. Let's stand still for a moment and just think for a moment that God passes you. God can see, God sees and He hears and He knows what we need. That's good news. Before we praise Jesus Christ with songs, fear is like a spirit who knocks at our door. And maybe you have opened that door and fear came in. Right now you can close that door. You can say, Father, I'm so sorry that I drifted, I isolated myself, and I closed that door again. You can close that door right now with your own prayer. Close it. Kick the spirit of fear out. Fear doesn't belong to me. I am filled with the Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. 
feel me Top down And the band will lead us into worship and I don't know what was your cave but sing to Jesus ICF cannot heal you I cannot heal you it's the name of Jesus Christ he is the one who saves heals redeems restores sing to Jesus to the cross for that new year there is more trust your sovereignty when there is no clarity because I can't sit forever in my disappointment and pain. I'm going to stand. Fear loves to limit you. Fear loves to keep you where you are. Fear wants you to do what you have always done and never do anything else. Fear wants to shackle your pot 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 potential and fear always wants to limit you. The Word of God has a power in it like nothing else. Jesus, I'm afraid. Jesus, let's do it. And there are moments when you are in a ladder, when you are facing an area where you're super afraid. Pray, grab, hold. Please, don't give up.